When I have a goal race, the only way I'm coming out of that race is by ambulance. And that was a goal race. I have never ate French fries at a race before. But that race, (laughs) when they said something about French fries, it was just, it sounded good. I tried one. And then from there forward, every time I come into the crew tent, I wanted French fries. Well, welcome aboard the Run the Race train. Thank you so much for uh, choosing to listen, whether it be on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple. You can always listen to any of the previous uh, 90 episodes on WTVM.com slash podcast as well. And hope you uh, share this with others uh, as we talk to some awesome folks about uh, uh, faith and fitness. And, uh, you know, definitely a fitness one today. Uh, you know, you remember as a kid uh, growing up, uh, and maybe you, they still did this or still do this now, but uh, you do the presidential fitness test and when you're in elementary school. And sometimes you have to run a mile and sometimes you run on a track. You know, four times around a track is, is a mile. Well, the, the gentleman that I talked to for this episode of Run the Race, uh, he ran more than 500 laps around a track, a quarter mile track. In one day, 24 hours. Pretty amazing feat, I, I tell you. And uh, he's from Columbus, Georgia. And, uh, you know, recently I um, ran, um, you know, worked with a, a friend and we did some speed work and just ran, you know, both of us training for different races. And we ran eight miles and we did, so that's what, uh, the, do the math, 32 times around the track. We thought that was quite a bit, uh, being out there for about an hour and 10, an hour and 15 minutes. And so, uh, this is just amazing just to think about just over and over again, round and round the track. I think he said he, he wanted his goal to be to hit each lap around the track about 207, 208 in terms of his time, which means he would average about an 830, 840 pace per mile for 24 hours. So uh, um, he, he pretty much met his goal and did a great job. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of you, some of you may run, some of you may not. Um, and, uh, this, this is something unique for me that I've been doing lately that maybe, you know, you know, of other people doing it. And I thought it was crazy before, you know, I, when I used to train and run, especially my first, you know, five plus years of running, I would, you know, run three, four, five days a week max and usually take one total rest day and maybe another day like doing something at the gym. Well, I'm now doing a run streak since uh, early May of 2020. So I have now uh, run at least a mile, uh, not not walking, but to actual running, jogging, uh, at least a mile uh, for 590 days straight now. So that's my run streak, almost 600 days. By the end of this year, it'll be my first calendar year, 2021, doing it from uh, January 1st to December 31st. And uh, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm still going strong. It, it, what it does is it takes out the guessing game. No excuses. I'm just going to go run today. And, and during that whole almost 600 days of running, I probably averaged about five and a half miles a day. So it's definitely more. But I, I have had some ones in there where I've just gone and run a mile or two miles, uh, kind of barely getting it in, sometimes you know, at 1130 at night. So just barely, literally. And another streak that for me is even more important. I've done this in the past. I've read the Bible in a year or the Bible in two years. Uh, a new streak I've just started because uh, I think for me it's more important than my running. I need to make it a priority is my faith. And so I now have a two-day streak, two days so far, for Bible or prayer. My commitment is to do at least 30 minutes, um, close, up to an hour, hopefully, of, of prayer and getting in the Word, getting uh, it, reading the Bible, listening to the Bible maybe while I'm driving or, or walking the dogs or running. Because it's just accountability for yourself and just discipline that this is something I'm going to do every single day. Speaking of discipline and determination, my guest for this week on episode 91 is Dane Talbert. He, uh, by trade, uh, his job, you know, paying job by day is as a carpenter and water technician at Home Master Builders. Been doing that for about two decades now. Uh, and his, his probably number one job is as husband and father. He's been married for 16 years and he has two kids, ages seven and nine, very busy with them as they're involved in sports as well. And uh, so uh, he's, he's been involved in, in a lot of uh, different huge ultra races 
the one I was mentioning earlier, the Stinger All Comers in kind of North Georgia, done by Revolution Running. And by the way, those race organizers, uh, Kevin and Annie Randolph, as uh, she continues to fight cancer, uh, they are they do an amazing job with some really fun, unique races around Georgia. Uh, some of them near Atlanta, and so uh, they they are our previous guests on the Run the Race podcast. Great couple there, do a great job. So again, he did a 24-hour race there. He won first place overall, 125 miles. I think he had maybe 129 on his watch. So. Uh, close to 130 miles and, and more than 500 laps around a track. Wow, it's amazing. He did the Farm Days 24-hour, did 108 miles at that one previously. The Georgia Jewel, which is um, through the trails and can be pretty technical, uh, did a 100-mile second place overall in that 100-mile race. He's done the Smoky Mountain Adventure Fun Run. And um, you know, he said his goals overall are to be the best person he can be and always try to put others ahead of himself. Uh, he has a goal of another 24-hour event where he hopes to do 145 miles and uh, wants to qualify for the U.S. national 24-hour team next year. So some big goals. He talks to us about um, you know, injury um, as he you know, fought through some of those during that 24-hour race and dealing with the pain and, and uh, making goals, motivation, uh, nutrition, uh, how he dealt with uh, bathroom breaks and food during that 24-hour race. So here's, uh, here's Dane uh, explaining it all to us. We have uh, Dane Talbert with us now. Uh, your, your very first interview. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, first of all, um, we're going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, you're a family man, you know, married with two kids and, and done a lot of uh, races and have goals for the future, some crazy goals for next year. But the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was one of the races you uh, just recently completed. It's called the Stinger All Comers by Revolution Running in North Georgia area. It happens on a quarter mile track, like a a normal track that you would see anywhere and uh 24 hours and you did um more than 125 miles so uh first of all tell me tell me about that i mean how how did you do that because some people think okay i can go run around track for like you know maybe 10 times something like that but uh you're out there for a long time yeah it's it's uh i guess that was near your goal right it was my goal was originally 130 or plus um, but, you know, it all starts with training. Uh, the race day is, is really the easy part of it if you can get through the training. Um, so, uh, you know, I went to Kena. Uh, Kena helped me out, give me a race plan. Uh, so I stuck to it as best I could. Um, just just go out there and, and do the training, and, and race day is not that bad. Yeah. And uh, Kena's Project 42 running, so she, she coaches you or at least gives you – like uh, a, a kind of a game plan for races like this, right? That's right. I want to say we started about three months out and started doing uh, a lot of slower type stuff, which I'm not used to. I'm used to running a little bit faster, so it was hard for me to, to dial it back. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, hey, you know, you think you might need to go get on a track and start doing some track stuff. So I started going to get on a track. Uh, quickly found that it was it's very boring on a track. <laughs> um, but you just have to break it down and, and – break it into small sections and, and get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of mind numbing, but just, just go out there and, and, uh, think about something different and go. Yeah. So, I mean, so what's happening uh, there in that 24 hours, break that down for me, you know, more than 500 laps around a track. Like you said, it, that, that seems just out of this world, like, like impossible almost. So how do you, you know, kind of continue on lap after lap i mean it's it's it seems like not as daunting just a quarter mile but doing that over and over again the way me and the crew had talked about doing it was breaking it up into like a warm-up and then maintain mode and then push mode so the first uh, eight hours is what we called the warm-up it's you know the first eight hours just get through it do what we can do see where we're at see how i feel and then go from there just maintain that then the last eight hours, if I had it in me, just push. Um, we got in a little ways. We got about mile 60 or so, 60 or 70. I was having some foot issues. So we decided, we kind of talked about it and was like, all right, do we want to push or do we want to maintain? What do we want to do here? Because if we push and something goes south, then I'm not even going to reach my goal. So we decided to just maintain. And that's what we did. We just maintained. We never really had a push phase. We just maintained and, and I got close to my goal. 
which I'm happy with. Yeah. And I'll take it. First place overall, I mean, pretty impressive. So, you know, people may want to know, I mean, are you stopping, you know, bathroom breaks, taking a nap, eating like lunch and dinner? What, what kind of things are happening besides the, the running part? The I took gels as much as I could. Um, I tried to keep solid foods off of my stomach as long as I could. Um, bathroom breaks, they had some porta johns there. And what I had the crew do was make sure when I would come around and I would tell them, you know, hey, I, I need to go. So they would go to the porta john and make sure one of them was open, that was available to me. And then I would come back around. They would tell me, yeah, it's, it's good to go. So I would stop. I wasn't wasting time standing in line. There was no time that I that I wasted out there. So everything was moving forward, eating, drinking, um, bathroom breaks. You know, get in, do whatever you got to do, get out, get going again, eating on the run. Um, just never stop moving. Uh, run what you can, jog what you can, and just keep going. So no, you know, no ideas like okay, I need to take a little nap, or I'm I'm really tired, uh, like uh, physically, mentally. I would love to just lay down on the track. <laughs> No, I, I never had a moment really where I was tired out there. Uh, and I've, I've thought about that because generally whenever I do 24-hour races, I get a little tired through the night. And I think that comes down to the track. They had it lit up all night long. So all night it felt like it was daytime to me. I never really got tired of, at, at that race. There was one time where I went into the crew tent uh, where I just took a few seconds and just closed my eyes. And, and I was eating French fries at the moment. Yeah, that that tend to be what got me through that race. Carbs was, and uh, salt, all that kind of stuff. A lot of French fries, and they had some seasoning, and they they said the seasoning might be a little strong, but the seasoning was really good. So I had seasoning, French fries, <laughs> and, and uh, ketchup for hours. Uh, they actually made a joke. They come over to Intercom and, and said, all right, I think Dane has ate all of our French fries. <laughs> they, they actually ran out of French fries. That was That's your go-to. See, that that's a good lesson for runners, you know? I have never ate French fries at a race before. But that race, <laughs> when they said something about French fries, it was just, it sounded good. I tried one, and then from there forward, every time I come into the crew tent, I wanted French fries. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was my go-to French fries. Yeah. So, um, you know, for folks that uh, maybe think about, you know, uh, maybe trying a 5k or a half marathon or something like that, they, they think about this, you know, 24 hours and going around the track and more than a hundred miles overall. Um, why do something like this? I guess, is this something that you just feel like that, you want to just uh, kind of, uh, you know, go into, you know, kind of a, uh, an area where you've never gone before or try something new? Is it like a challenge for yourself? What's the, what's the why for you? Every race that I do, I, I set a goal going into that race, uh, whether it be a, a goal of how fast I can go or how many miles I can go or how long I can go without water or food. And I've done that before, just see how far I can go. But this race uh, my goal is 130 miles. It's just a, a goal that I set. Uh, and as there's really no why I chose 130 miles. <laughs> I just kind of, the past few years, I've seen my 24-hour time go from 104 miles to 108 miles. And then at farm days um, last year, I got really bad sick. And I, I ended up running 120 miles, I think it was. Uh, and I knew from that number being sick for that long at that race and still putting up 120 miles, I said, I, I know I can go 130 plus. So I, I just, that's the number I went with and, and that's what we went for. Wow. Um, and with something like this, I mean, you know, is it, uh, you know, you, I think I remember reading, uh, one of your kind of race recaps online, you were talking about how like, just after like mile 80, um, so you're probably, you know, um, a little more than two thirds of the way done that your Achilles or something was hurting pretty bad. So did you feel like, okay, I can continue running or <clears throat> it's just, just running through the pain at that point? When I have a goal race, the only way I'm coming out of that race is by ambulance. And that was a goal race. And I hurt. Um, and I didn't show it a whole lot out on a track. Um, but I would, I would run as long as I could as, as efficient as I could and then I would come into the crew tent that was enclosed, and I would tell my crew, I'm like, something's wrong. And I had a huge knot on my left Achilles. So I'd come into the tent. They would roll it out, get it, do it the best they could. I'd get back out there, and when I'd get out of that tent, I was good to go and, and for everybody else. But I was really hurting. 
Um, I would do that. I would just run as, as many miles as I could, which was probably four or five miles. And then I would come back into the crew tent. I'm like, I'm hurting again. So they would rub it back out and we just kept doing that over and over. Um, is, is it, I mean, the, the pain, is it, uh, do you feel like you can kind of, people talk about going into the pain cave or just kind of like you got the adrenaline going and you got that goal in mind. Um, do you, I mean, you worry about, okay, Hey, this could turn into an injury or like, you know, I, I, mentally, I, I don't know if I can deal with this pain anymore kind of thing or. I do consider injury, you know, obviously my, I'm not going to do something that's going to really hurt myself but there's a real fine line of what is uncomfortable and hurts and and manageable and what's fitting to really injure me and i've i've never i've never had that moment where i've had to pull out of a race because i knew something was fitting to go really bad i've had it like this race with my left achilles bothering me it was very uncomfortable. It hurt. I had a huge knot in there, but it wasn't a sharp pain. It was a really dull, aching pain that just wouldn't let my foot move like I wanted it to. Wow. So I, I just kept pushing. Wow. And, I mean, do you feel like, okay, when you finally finish, the 24 hours is up, you fought through this pain for those those last, you know, 40 miles or so, I mean, is it a sense of, like, uh, pride or relief that it's like now I can t- I don't have to run anymore around this uh, godforsaken track or <laughs> uh, you know, not really uh, I didn't really have a problem running around the track I, I, my my main focus was on that end number 130 miles as long as I had something to drive towards that was my main focus um, the pain I could set aside feeling a little nauseous, set it aside. My goal is, is the goal that I, that I come to the race for. And I, and I said it to other people when, when things start going really bad, remember why you signed up. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of signing up, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording about, um, you know, I'm going to ask you for some advice for, for different runners at different levels. But, uh, one of the things I want to ask you about is convincing your spouse. You've been married for 16 years. So how do you convince her, or, or get her to kind of give a thumbs up to like doing some of these crazy races. And then on top of that, the crazy training that really kind of takes up a lot of time, right? It does take a lot of time. And she's, she's uh, very good about letting me do those things, but it's, it's all a balance. It's a, it's a family balance. So I probably pick one to two races a year that are goal races that I really have to train for. So all the other times, you know, I'll do anything I can for her and the family. I'll spend all that time. But when it comes down to these goal races, I ask her, you know, hey, I want to sign up for this race. It's a goal race. I really need to train. And she steps up and kind of takes some of the responsibilities that I should be doing around the house and for the kids. And she steps up, takes those, and lets me do my training. Yeah, but you and you still make a ton of time out for you're – you're a sports dad as well with a 7-year-old and a 9-year-old. you got – they're you're involved in different sports, and I'm sure for you, it's it's kind of cool to see them kind of achieve in that way as well, right? Yes, um, I got a daughter. She's nine, and a son that's seven. Uh, he plays baseball. She she does gymnastics. They're they're both they love what they do. Um, and my son, he does training baseball training through the week. She does gymnastics training four nights a week, three hours at a time. Um, and you know, some of the inspiration that I get from going and running these races and doing things that we do, not even races, even fun runs, long distance runs, things like that. Uh, you, you look back at some of the kids, you, they putting in, they're putting in all these training hours themselves and they're seven and nine years old. If they can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you're still, how old are you now? 38. 38. So you're still a young man. So, uh, you know, and you have some big goals we'll talk about later for maybe when you're close to, to 40 years old. So, uh, and speaking of, of kids and, and, uh, well, do they have any interest in running? They see dad doing all these things and maybe they're at some of your finish lines, but the, any, cause running typically is like other sports punishment. <laughs> typically. So d- any interest in like, Oh dad, I want to do a 5k or maybe I want to do a half marathon in the future. You know? They haven't shown much interest in running. My son, he will get on his bike and ride every single day. Uh, if I'll go, if I'll go somewhere and, and run, he'll get on his bike and, and bike right beside me. Uh, my daughter, she's, she's not really into running or biking. She's pretty much just gymnastics. <laughs> uh, you'll see her out there in the yard on the trampoline, everything else, just 
doing a routine. So yeah, yeah. And and so as for yourself growing up, um, you know, did you? You know, uh, were you a runner when you were younger, maybe, you know, um, in high school or before or after that in terms of how, how did you get involved in, in doing this? Because, you know, we're as both of us being runners, we're probably in the minority. A lot uh, more more folks probably don't enjoy running than, than enjoy it. Uh, I played baseball a lot when I grew up. I mean, it was just me and my dad. We, we spent a lot of time at the baseball fields. Um, we spent a lot of time through drive throughs coming home late at night from the ball fields. Never was a runner, never had any interest in running. Uh, did not start running until June 2010. Uh, that was when my wife decided she wanted to do some some exercise programs and, and start getting a little more fit, things like that. She wanted to do that. So she wanted somebody to run with, and I do construction work. I'd come home in the evenings. This was June. She would say, hey, you want to go run with me this afternoon? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm wiped out. <laughs> I'm, I'm a carpenter. I'm in this all day long. I don't want to go run no more. A couple of days went by, and I kind of felt bad, so I, I finally said, all right, let's go run. So that was June 2010. I started running. You're in your late late 20s at that time, yeah. Yes, yep, yep. And uh, it was uh, a month or two later, I remember doing my first 5K. It was Dr. Cooper's uh, 5K run in Phoenix City. Placed like top five, and then I wanted to go faster and further. And then that led to the next race I did was the North Face Challenge 50-miler. Wow. And that was in, uh, when was that? That was in uh, October. That's a, that's a big leap from a 5K to a 50-miler. <laughs> it was. And the the, tr- the group that I was running with uh, at the time, they they made fun of me, kind of kind of agged it on a little bit. And it was like, 5K to 50-mile, all right. Uh, so I, I signed up for that and I could not move. I hurt so bad after the, the North face 50 miler. It was, it was terrible. Said I would never do it again. Yeah. But, but you have numerous times. I have, um, <laughs> shortly after the North face 50 miler, the same group, they was like, well, you know, you went 5k to 50 mile. Why don't you just sign up for run across Georgia? Well, I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. So I signed up for Run Across Georgia. This was on a team, not by yourself, <laughs> This right? was solo. A solo? This was solo, yes. So did you do the whole thing solo? That was uh, 2010. I did North Face Challenge. So 2011, May, I signed up for Run Across Georgia solo. Which is 262 miles, give or take. Give or take, yep. Uh, the I remember everybody telling me how bad of an idea it was, and, and I, I completely agreed. I was like, it's not a good idea, but... <laughs> How am I going to see how far I can go if I don't try it? So I tried, and I remember uh, them telling me that the Run Across Georgia uh, race committee was talking and and maybe even considering not letting me run it because I was just there. They was just talking like, you know, is he ready? Is he going to get hurt? This, that, and other. But I don't know how true that is. I, I wasn't a part of that. But I ended up running it, and I made it 161 miles. Uh, my goal was make it halfway. So I I made it halfway. Yeah. My ankles was the size of cantaloupes. Wow. They were, they were huge. Uh, I, I really couldn't run anymore. But 161 miles from you know, June that the past year wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. So um, with, with that said, in terms of like you're talking about that, that injury and just kind of not – truly not being able to go anymore and being you know somewhat new to running at that point, at least that, that kind of distance, what advice do you have for folks, maybe runners, and maybe they've, you know – they're only doing 5Ks or maybe, quote, only doing a marathon at this point and they want to do more. I mean, how, what have you found in terms of injury prevention? Or, and as we get older, things don't, you know, the recovery is a little different. Um, so what have you found in terms of some of your, you know, keys to success not having maybe major injuries? Overtraining. Overtraining is going to get you every time. Uh, easy days are easy days, and I have I've always had a hard time understanding what an easy day means, and I still take my easy days too hard. <laughs> you know, easy days are meant to be easy. Carry on a nice, easy conversation. You shouldn't be huffing and puffing, um, and just you know stay within your boundaries. Uh, if you're a if you're a marathon runner, and you sign up to do a, a six-day multi-day race, I mean, obviously you're going to get hurt, or there's a good chance you're going to get hurt. So just stay stay within what you know, uh, unless you're willing to take that chance. I mean, if you're willing to take that chance and you know you're going to get injured, then 
sign up by all means sign up and go see what you can do you're not going to know unless you try yeah and like with overtraining i mean it's it's uh unless you are experienced and and have done that much volume you know it's almost like the the old adage of less is more and you know kind of they they uh, you know i've read that they say that you know sometimes especially for newer or novice runners increase by 10 percent i think a week give that's or take right. you know right mm-hmm. that's right so do you usually you know when you have a training plan for something like this or even for a marathon or whatever else you're running do you follow the plan pretty good i mean i know you're busy in terms of you know being a, a husband father and and working as a carpenter but do you do you follow that plan pretty much pretty much i stay on on track um, now if I may not be able to do it, uh, in the morning or evening, I may have to do it at midnight or whatever, but generally I'll get the miles within that day, within that time span. Yeah. Cause you run, you tell me you run sometimes at two in the morning or four in the morning, something like that, right? Is it, is that, uh, I guess that's, that's safe, but I guess there's not really a lot of people out at that hour. <laughs> there's not a lot of people out, um, but I do the best I can with the time frame that I have, and, Families, you know, always first. So I, I do all the family stuff first, and then when I have time, I'll go out and train. And sometimes that's midnight. Sometimes it's two and three in the morning. When you just whatever you got to do. It's not necessarily a bad thing though, because when you come up on a twenty-four hour race or a hundred mile race, you know, I'm used to running at midnight, two in the morning. So it it kind of helps me out. Yeah, wearing a headlamp or whatever else you need to wear, a vest or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, nutrition is a, is a big part of what we do, a part of running of really any sport, but especially if you're doing like an endurance challenge. And you talked about the gels and, and figuring that out. So, I mean, do you um, – what, what would you say to folks about, you know, figuring out maybe, you know, before, during, or after a race, the, the best thing to like eat or drink or whatever? Because, I mean, hydration, some people – do too little or too much as well it's very hard uh, i haven't figured it out myself <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure it out every race is going to be different depending on weather um, but generally i try to stay around two to 250 calories per hour and that's probably not enough but that's just what works for me um, and i start off most of my races uh, with a decent breakfast maybe a bagel with peanut butter sometimes a banana I had a bad experience at a race with a banana, so I'm still kind of <laughs> a little, little squeamish of bananas. Uh, but You got sick from one? or I'm not going to say I got sick from the banana, but I was sick at the same time that I was eating the banana. And for now, I just... <laughs> when <laughs> you I s- just correlate the two. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'll pull up at an aid station. They have bananas, and I'll look at them, and my stomach might just turn right Ooh, then. Ooh, yeah, man. So I don't do bananas. Okay. Uh, but, but you do do french fries now. That's that's like french. seems to be a new go-to for Dane, right? It is, uh, and I'm going to start looking into that at more races. <laughs> uh, yeah, but gels, gels are easy on my stomach. Uh, I've been using one lately that's uh, natural. It's not a lot of chemical-type stuff, so it's it's been working. I'm, I'm really happy with them. Yeah. You yourself said that you like to go faster and you, know, you have some of that, you know, uh, you know, talent to go fast at a 5k or, or, you know, a longer race. So what would you say? And is that something that people just naturally have, or you can really work on and get a lot faster? Um, you know, maybe based on your build or something else like that. I want to say I started that race. The goal was to start off at an 830 pace, which was like a 208 per lap. So I was, instead of looking at a mile pace, I was trying to focus on two minutes, seven seconds per lap. It was easier for me to do that per lap than it was over the mile. Yeah. Um, but at which overall, I think the pace was like, uh, I want to say 12 minute pace or somewhere thereabout. But I I run sometimes more effortless going at my my natural speed which is a fast it just happens to be faster so it's it's hard it's hard work for me to slow down and run at something that's not comfortable for me yeah but i know in a long distance race if i don't slow down i'm gonna burn out yeah you, you would have been gone in in like maybe 12 hours if you would have tried to go at that pace that's right that's right so i mean do you i mean do people come to you and say you know dang man you're fast and and how do I get that fast? I mean, do you, I mean, is it something that, you know, it's, it's again, it's just a, a natural talent thing or maybe can, hard work can pay off for that too. Hard work. Yes. Uh, if you want to get faster, I, the, the two things that I'd recommend is, is starting off on track. Uh, and the way I do it or have done it in the past is, is Tuesday track days. And then Thursdays are heel days. I don't, I don't 
recommend doing two hard training days per week. Um, but you can build to that. Build to a, a one track day and then do a, a, a heel day. And that heel, you're just, it's kind of like speed work in disguise, but it's less impact on your body. Yeah. So it, you keep doing that, you're going to get faster. Yeah, and it's and you have a good form when you're going up the hill. It's, um, you ha- you're forced to, essentially. That's right. Um, and some people, maybe instead of running or alongside running, they love to go to the gym. Uh, I'm not always a big fan of the gym, but I know I need to go there more often for, like, just injury prevention, strength training. Do you – do? I mean, is strength training part of your thing? I mean, do you feel like it's important, like, the, the core stuff to, to help you out? I don't train my legs a lot because I, I kind of – I do that at work i'm a carpenter so i'm, I'm toting lumber and things like that daily uh, but core work is very important uh, without you if, if you have a weak core you're going to naturally just slump over and then you're just not getting your oxygen you're not your lungs can't expand like they should so a good strong core you're going to be upright you're going to be able to breathe better that, that's my opinion uh, so I, I do do some core work uh, just to keep a good strong midsection yeah and you're a carpenter like like Jesus was. Um, <laughs> so I mean, is is your your job is that pretty active as well? I mean, in terms of that, that in itself is is kind of a workout that just built into your your job that you get paid for. That's true. Yes, um, uh, we have some long hot days uh, in the field. So in, in the in the, and I, I really feel like that pays off on some of the races that I do. Uh, let's say the Georgia Jewel, for instance. Georgia Jewel is is hot sometimes. Well. I, I work all day long in the heat, and then I go home and train. So, I mean, I'm getting a lot of heat training, so it kind of pays off. But, yes, it's just just my job alone is, is kind of like my go-to-the-gym moment. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talked earlier about having, you know, not necessarily a why, but you're, you kind of have those couple of, you know, uh, goal races or a, or a challenge you want to meet or a number you want to hit. Um, is for you – where does that determination come from? Is that something that's just you know, just kind of a burning desire, and you want to go after that? Um, like, what? Uh, where does that come from for you in terms of maybe something from your past or something that you just you just enjoy it? Maybe perhaps you have to enjoy it to want to do those kind of things. Uh, so yes, I, I really do enjoy it. I, I enjoy getting out there, uh, making new friends, spending time with old friends. Um, a lot of the goals that I come up with are not really something that I come up with. It's something that a group uh, or a friend has said. They're like, "Hey, you should you should go run the track race and see how many miles." I mean, you, I think you can really put up. I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. I, I think I'll try that. <laughs> and that's actually how I got started at the Stinger. The Stinger wasn't my idea. It was uh, a runner friend of mine said, "Hey, you should go run the Stinger and see how many miles you can do." So that's, yeah. I signed up for it, and we set a goal, and that's what we went with. Are they nice about it, or are they be like, "I bet you can't do that"? Or they try to egg you on a little bit and kind of trash talk a little bit, or mostly nice. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> mostly nice. They they're very encouraging. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they're that's, that's that's where my goals come from. I I generally don't have my own goal. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, you know, speaking of goals for the future, um, you know, you told me, you know, I asked for for some biographical information, and you said my goals are to be the best person I can be. I always try to put others ahead of myself. So, what is it? Okay, for, well, we'll kind of break that apart. So, for you, being the best person you can be, what does that mean to you in terms of is you know, what, what has it applies to being a family man and running that kind of thing? Everyday life. Everyday life, I want to be the best person I can be. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be the best dad, uh, the best husband that I can be. When I go run, I want to be the best friend that I can be for the people I'm with. Um, I give up a lot of my own time to other people. Um, If I see somebody that's in in need, I I try to be the first one there to help. Uh, Running friends, when we go out and, and we do running races and, and things like that, I've, I've signed up for races, um, not for myself, but to help other people get through the race. So it's it's a lot of time and it's a lot, but I enjoy it. I really do enjoy putting others in front of myself. Yes. It's, I like seeing, I like seeing other people's uh, joy come from it. So it's it's nice. Well, and and what, what does that do for you when you see them like meet a goal 
um, or just you know happy with the result. Maybe they went faster than they expected. What does that do for you as somebody? Maybe perhaps you came alongside them as a pacer or uh, somebody who has has been around the block and done it. You kind of help them, give them maybe some you know advice that that got them there. Watching, watching them uh, complete their goals, and I and I've seen it before. I've seen I've seen them at their worst. And I've seen them at their best. Uh, I've seen tears. I've seen joy. But when I see them cross that finish line or when I see them um, get to a certain mile goalage, in return, that gives me, that inspires me on my next race. Like, if I can see them going through the, the terrible rain or cold or stomach issues that they're going through and they still complete their race, seeing them at the finish line holding their buckles and their awards whenever I'm having a bad day at another race, I look back at those moments and that's what keeps me driving on these other races. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like you said, it's that fellowship with new friends, old friends, and, and kind of, uh, it's not that misery loves company. It's, it's, you know, you're all there for a shared purpose, perhaps. Um, any other races? I mean, I, we talked a lot about the, the stinger, uh, 24 hour race, but, and, and you mentioned farm days and G- Georgia jewel, any other races for you that stick out? I know you can't, it's not it's like you can't pick a favorite kid, you know, <laughs> but in terms of a, a race experience that was unique, uh, maybe not like the best or the worst, but something that really for you is like, man, I'll, I'll always remember that one. I'm going to go with the Georgia jewel 100 mile. I want to say it was 2012, maybe. Um, this is very hilly in Georgia, this part. It is. It was my first ever 100-miler. Didn't really know what I was doing. Like I said, it was 2012. I think I started I running in 2010, so I was really new to it. Coming up on mile 30, um, I got really sick. I had one crew member that was helping me on the race. I couldn't drink anything, couldn't eat anything, so we went with ice. We just, she handed me two cups of ice and I would just eat these two cups of ice from aid station to aid station. I did nothing but walk from like mile 30 to 50 and threw up the whole entire time. Really? It was terrible. That was probably the worst 20 miles of your life. It was absolutely (laughs) terrible. Uh, But the goal was just to get to mile 50 and just see what we could do. Got to mile 50, um, finally started where I could eat again. So I had some pizza and had some other things. I sat down. Uh, that's where I met a fellow named uh, Willie. Uh, they called him Nature Boy. Super cool guy. Uh, me and him both were just awful sick. So I left mile 50, started feeling a little bit better. And the whole backside of the 50, I picked up a pacer friend of mine. And, and he really started motivating me. And we started really pushing forward. I came back alive. Don't really know how I did it. <laughs> You know, ended up finishing second overall. Wow. So it was, that was probably, if I had to pick one race that was just absolutely terrible that turned out really great, that would be it. Wow. And so, and to, to have that kind of experience and then to have, you know, other races that have been that distance or further to go, to go much better, I guess, in terms of, it's kind of, you've learned along the way, like, okay, don't do this and do this, or I need to do this better in terms of training or that kind of thing, right? I have learned don't go out too fast that's what's gotten me on every race uh, don't go out too fast so the first um, 30 miles i just take it easy i want to get to mile 50 i want to get to halfway and feel good if i get to halfway and i'm feeling terrible i'm in for a long night yeah so my goal is to to just get through mile 30 feeling okay come up on mile 50 and feel great and then just turn it on on the back half Wow. And, and then that's maybe difficult for you to not start off fast because, like you said, that's your kind of natural rhythm and you, you got the adrenaline going, you got the music, you got the people there, and you want to kind of like stay with that front pack. And so there's, there's a lot of – that involves a lot of discipline, right? Very. Yes. It's <laughs> very hard. You know, uh, I, had, I had the uh, soldier marathon that I trained for. Kena helped me train for it. Training went great. Uh, and this is this is going back to just going out too hard, too fast. I took off at the marathon, feeling great. I was just putting down the miles. Well, about mile 12 or so, the half marathon guy that was in first place, he turns and goes right. Well, I turn and go left for the marathon. And, I, and at that moment, I was like, uh-oh, I have went out entirely too fast. I'm running side by side 
with the first place half marathon guy. Right then, I was like, okay, I've went out too fast. This is this is not good. This is not good. Uh, <laughs> I ended up cramping up super bad and I, uh, lost a lot of positions. But it's just one of those things. But I, I don't regret it because it was the fastest half marathon I've ever run. Wow. So, I mean, and for you, I mean, is that for you, is it more about um, do you enjoy the speed or the distance? Or is it kind of depends? It depends on the race. Um, some races I go in and I try to set the course record. Wow. Some races I go in and, and just want to see what kind of distance I have. So it, it depends on the race that I sign up for. I'm not a long distance runner and I'm not a short distance runner. I'm I'm just kind of, I bounce back and forth between the two. And it's hard to train like that because I'm never focused on one or the other. I'm kind of I'm here, then I'm over there. So it's it's really hard to train for that. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to pick one or the other. I pick one, train for that one. And um, so now I might train for some 5Ks. And then I might bounce back and, and, and try for some longer distance stuff. But if I was to just train one specific one, then it, it might be easier to train for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of that, uh, you kind of talked about some of your goals. I think you – I, I read a post you put on social media about how the Stinger, this, you know, 24 hours, 125-plus miles, how you have no regrets, but it wasn't like a, a perfect day. It wasn't – I mean, things could have gone a little better. Um, you know, it's hard to kind of, you know, beat yourself up after doing first overall, you know, it's, um, but, uh, you were looking for another uh, event of the same time period and, and more miles. So is that something that it's almost like, you know, you hear about coaches sometimes that some of the best coaches are the ones that are never satisfied and they always, even if they, they win a championship and then they, they always want to like, like, Hey, we, we didn't do this as well, or, or we can, you know, we can always be better. So is that kind of your mindset sometimes? I mean, like that can be kind of a, a blessing and a curse, I guess that like that you always feel like, okay, I can, I, I'm not, there's no ceiling here. <laughs> I, that's, that's true. That's, that's how I am. Um, I'm, I'm never really satisfied with where I am. I will say that I had a great run at the stinger. Uh, I'm not, I have no regrets. Uh, but I didn't have the perfect day. I had some issues. It's not the mileage that I wanted. Um, but, you know, I, I'm never satisfied, so I'm going to keep pushing. And, and I got I got a race that I'm going to train for for next year, and I'm going to take everything that I learned off the Stinger this year, and I'm going to apply it to that race, and, and I'm going to get it. Yeah. So uh, 145 miles or more or less or? It's, it's, uh, the, the number is 145 miles. Okay. You know, gotcha. So that's, that's it. Uh, and if I if I can do 129, uh, which is what my Garmin read, I, I the race clocked 125 because of the inside track, oh, yeah. inside lane one. But my Garmin said 129, so I know I can go 129. Yeah. <laughs> I need to apply everything that I've learned at the Stinger this year and put it towards that training, and I'll be able to get it. What does uh, Mrs. Uh, Talbert, uh, what, does, what does she think about this? About I guess she, she's used to it by now because she, she helped get you into running. So now it's like, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm, you're, at least you're not doing like tons of races. You know, it's just like you have the, the kind of this sole purpose kind of thing. She's okay with it. Um, some, <laughs> she, she may not think I'm all right in the head sometimes, but <laughs> she's okay with it. And she, she sets me right. You know, sometimes I want to sign up for races that I shouldn't sign up for, like the Pine Mountain 40 this past weekend. You know, when I when I go to her and I'm like, hey, I want to run this race. And she's just like, no, you're not. Yeah. So, well, she well, she doesn't want you to get hurt, you know, physically or mentally, right? Uh, yeah, physically <laughs> mo- more than anything. And that and that's exactly what she said. She's, you know, you're not you're not fully recovered from your other race. You don't need to go run it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, and then I, I said, well, you know, they have a 19 mile option. I can go do that. <laughs> and then she just looks at me and says, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. So you also told me you wanted to qualify and I didn't even know this existed. And I guess it definitely does. You want to qualify for the U S national 24 hour team perhaps next year. So what, what is, is, so this is, some of the like the top echelon of people that do these twenty four hour races, and you compete uh, against you know all across the globe or the the nation. I have not looked fully into it, but I want to <laughs> say you're you're right on that. Uh, I want to say they take the top six men and the top six women, and they they travel internationally and compete. Oh, wow. uh, and I, I do want to do that. And I told my wife, I was like, hey, I want to 
I want to qualify for the team. If I qualify or when I qualify, I don't necessarily want to travel and do that. So I, I just want to qualify. And she's like, well, why not? That's, that's crazy. I mean, if you qualify, let's, let's go. So she's, <laughs> she's all in for it. She can, she can uh, travel with you, perhaps, you, she and the kids. She can, yeah. I mean, so if, we make, if I make the team or, or when I make the team, yeah. uh, well, I ain't going to say I'm going to make the team, <laughs> but I'm going to qualify. <laughs> exactly. You're going to at least make it one point. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit 145. Now, whether somebody else bumps me out of that number six spot or whatever, that's, that's on them, but I'm going to hit 145. It's just a matter yeah. – I just got to have a good day, uh, yeah. good training. Right. So uh, and now, I mean, what, training hasn't started yet for your next big race, but you're, but you kind of, it's in your mind that like, okay, I'm going to, because you have to keep running on a regular basis to kind of keep that uh, base building, I guess, essentially. You do. Yep. Mentally, I'm already training. Physically, I want to, but I can't. Uh, I've this <laughs> since the since the well, I walked off the track at the Stinger. I haven't been able to run. Uh, I've put in last week. Last week I put in like six miles. This week I put in two. Wow. So is it just because you're you're? I mean, are you hurting? Uh, you you I like walking as a chore? Or? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Uh, my left Achilles is not really hurting, but there's something there, and I just know if there's something there, it's not worth it. I'm just gonna if I do go run, I'm just gonna push recovery back even further. So. Sure. I went and ran the other night, did two miles. I felt a little something. I just stopped and went home. It's just not worth it. Yeah, taking the foot off the gas. I mean, that that's, uh, takes discipline, and that's important, too, to to kind of listen to your body, right? It is, and, and, and I can use all of that time for family time. You know, that's more family time that I can then use. Um, that's more core workouts that I could be doing at the house. So I, I, it's not that I'm not doing anything. I'm just not running at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in, Dane. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all your efforts and being an impressive endurance runner so far. And and, uh, we know that you will qualify and then some for this uh, 24-hour U.S. national team and to tell us all about it. So uh, looking forward to hearing about uh, more of your adventures. And uh, good luck uh, with recovery and training. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an impressive runner Dane is, and and very humble as well. You know, just kind of, it's not a big deal that you know he he went and ran more than 500 laps around the track. But of course, it is a big deal, and uh, looking for more for next time. So we wish him the best. And he posted on social media, uh, you know, kind of his race recap. He talked about how it was a team effort, and thanking everyone who took part. You know, his wife for putting up with him, his family for understanding he needed to go train, his coach. Kina, who's been a previous guest on this podcast, uh, doing a great job building his training plan, his awesome crew that was there uh, every time around the track for him, and top-notch race organizers and volunteers. Definitely a team effort to make something like that happen. And by the way, the next episode of Run the Race, you're definitely not going to want to miss this one. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on Christmas very soon, so early next week, uh, you're going to see a, 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 the next episode come out. It's already been recorded, so uh, you know it's, it's actually going to be different than a typical uh, episode I have where I talk to somebody about faith or fitness. We do talk about those things, but it's the J&J Christmas Music Extravaganza. Jason being one of the J's, and then Justin Ballou being the other one. He has uh, been doing professional music for 20-something years and uh, has his own music studio here in uh, Georgia. And so uh, we, uh, he invited me in, and we sang some Christmas songs and talked about uh, all kinds of things. We had a lot of fun and some comedy in there and some, some serious music. He plays uh, you know, the violin and guitar and some instrumental stuff. So if you love Christmas music, this is definitely one you're going to want to listen to. The next episode of Run the Race. Now on to our final segments of this podcast, including a uh, parting gift uh, from uh, The Good Word and also uh, Food for Thought, uh, something uh, about another 24-hour race. This article comes from uh, WTVD in Raleigh, North Carolina, called A Mission to Give Back. The Oakwood 24 comes to a successful close. And this was a concept uh, created by ultra marathoner John Frey. And uh, he founded this uh, fundraiser called Oakwood 24. It's 24 hours spent 
running about 100-plus miles in the historic Oakwood Cemetery in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, he himself, about four or five years ago, got help from the healing transitions that led to his recovery from alcoholism and substance use. So this is his way of, of giving back. And uh, not everyone runs all 24 hours, but but Frey does. He says he kind of takes it mile by mile, lap by lap, kind of biting off in little chunks and uh, and you know doing that 100-plus uh, miles. And so over that weekend, uh, they uh, said it was it was a great time, and uh, they ran their way to raising $125,000 to support this uh, nonprofit that money raised helping healing transitions assist underserved and unhoused people struggling to recover from their own addictions. So a uh, great job by them, not only running around for 24 hours in a cemetery amongst the dead, uh, but uh, you know, doing that to raise a lot of money for uh, helping people recover from uh, alcohol and drug addiction and, and other things that uh, uh, you know, kind of take a grip of their life. And our uh, final segment, Parting Gift, I will give you some inspiration to close out the episode. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, sometimes with our faith, there's also fear, uh, and it has a way of twisting things for us. We hear those voices in our head uh, that you're not good enough, not strong enough, not enough. You know, and Dane Talbert talks about how you know you have those doubts when you're out there running or at your job or something like that, and and you have pain, physical pain you're going through as well. You also have that voice that you failed uh, in the past, and you you maybe it's okay, it's time to go ahead and give up, and it hurts too much, that kind of thing. So you're feeling you know discouraged, disappointed, disheartened, tired. Well, the Bible says clearly, fear is a liar. And, uh, and there's a, a verse in James 1.12. It says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Again, James 1.12. So it's, uh, we all face trials. So the, the key is perseverance. And uh, perseverance leads to accomplishments. You can learn to, to walk, read, uh, graduate college, be a good parent, manage your finances, lose weight, all kinds of things. Uh, perseverance is definitely a skill uh, that takes discipline. And, uh, you know, you're blessed if you persevere under trial. We all want to be blessed. And closing in prayer now, dear Jesus, uh, just thank you for um, everything you give us. Lord God, as we go through these trials, that you'll give us the strength, the strength that we don't have as humans in the flesh, but you give us uh, the, the strength that, that, that you have for us to get through emotionally and physically and spiritually the things that are really difficult in our lives that we're going through right now. And I pray for those as the holidays can be a tough season for some that have lost loved ones and and uh, just uh, you know remember them in joy and uh, that we can look to you, Christ, for uh, all you do for us, not just this season, but every time of the year. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you so much again for being with us for Run the Race. Don't forget, next episode, the uh, Christmas music extravaganza. We're going to have a lot of fun, more than an hour of uh, me singing some solos, me, me singing some duets, and uh, Justin on the keys and guitar, and him singing as well. And he's got his own uh, original song called uh, uh, Way or The Way in a Manger. And so you want to hear uh, his great music and uh, looking forward to you know, those conversations as well about, about faith and how it intertwines with music. Have a great day, everybody.